You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're going to talk about Alfred Hitchcock's Marnie. You, no trouble. Me, Fifth Element. Supreme being. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. We're your host. I am Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, cinematographer Jared Callen. How you doing, Brian? I am doing good. Uh, <laughs> that's actually a lie. Oh, wait on those election results. Anyway, no, uh, no, 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 no. Focus on me. Focus on me. <laughs> Look right, right here. Right here. Right, yeah, no, right here. Right here. Go on. All right, all right. We also have with us DP Mike Griggs. Hey, hey, hey. What's up, dog? And we have costume designer Kristen Jones. Hi, hello, hello. Oh, hey guys, we, we're here gathering around. We, we're actually going to do Noirs this month, but we we switched our streams, our stream of conscious here, and we're we're going with Sean Connery films because the man, the legend, the icon, the coolest motherfucker I have ever seen on screen. Or, well, let me let me rephrase that: the first cool motherfucker that I recognized was a cool motherfucker on screen. There it is. All right, uh, yeah. And, you know, we just did a bunch of Hitchcock movies, so this seems like a good place to uh, to start. 94 films in 94 years, Sean Connery. It's pretty amazing. Wait, has he done 94 fucking films? Wait, Acting. he was 94? He was, no, he was no, 90. No, no, no. He died at 90. And in, within his 90 years, he did 94 acting credits on IMDb. That is ten, impressive. 10 producing credits, one director credit. He directed... The Bowler and the Burnett documentary in 1967. I did not know he was in that many movies. Holy shit. That's a lot of movies, bro. That's a lot of movies. That is a lot of movies. I mean, he was an actor. It's his job. Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, it's, it's like, you know, one a I year. Mean, those, yeah, those aren't, those aren't starring roles. I mean, from, from, from babydom, one a year. He can do it. Wait, that, years he those up. almost had to be almost all starring roles after like what sixty uh, two, <laughs> like after uh, Doctor No came out, like he was, uh, you know, he was fucking fucking Sean Connery. He was James Bond. Did, did did he star in Dragonheart, my favorite Sean Connery film? 
Mm, I don't know. Do, do we consider voice acting, <laughs> starring in a That's movie? That's what I'm trying to say, Brian. You don't have yeah. to star in it to be in it. Did he star in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, my second favorite Sean Connery film? Wait, no, that was that. That's not. Wait, wait, wait. We're not counting that in one of those 94 movies because he showed up on set one day. No, 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 no. That's that's one of the 94 movies. Oh. Right. Okay, so you so you see, cameos count as films. Cameos count. I mean, if you walked on set and you got a paycheck, that counts. Mm, yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess. Bro, I was definition. a PA on uh, the Amanda Bynes film, um, Sydney White, and I count that as one of my films. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's valid. What did you do? I uh, directed traffic and made sure that nobody <laughs> entered set. Um, I made sure that the wardrobe had everything they needed, and then I like you know did like locked it up. Lock it up. No picture. <laughs> <laughs> no pictures. <laughs> and we Shit thank like you for that. Thank you. No pictures. Your service Very contributed <laughs> to a, a well-made movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my first John Connery experience was uh, the indelible Indiana Jones. So, Junior. <laughs> Still one of my all-time favorite movies. The Last Crusade is just wait, top wait. notch. You saw Last Crusade before James Bond? Oh, yes. Yeah, for sure. Or The Rock? The Last Crusade was my first Indiana Jones movie. And it was my first... I think it was my first Sean Connery movie. I don't don't remember seeing any other ones before that. I checked all 94 of his movies, and I haven't seen a single one of them. (laughs) No, that can't be possible. What? Well, we can go down the list if you want, but... Hold on. Um, let me let me look real quick. I'm really only familiar. I think I told you guys this with Sean Connery because of the Jeopardy. Whoever was who impersonated him on Jeopardy, <laughs> the SNL skit. It was Will Ferrell, wasn't it? Will Ferrell, no, yeah. yeah. I don't no, think... he was he was no, Alex no, no. Trebek. Oh, that's Will right. Ferrell he was, was Alex uh, Trebek. Oh, was it Will yeah, who, yeah, who yeah. Was it? God damn it! This is gonna bother guy. me now. Anyway, I was super excited to watch Marnie because it's Hitchcock, and also I would watch finally a Sean Connery movie. But then he doesn't even have like the voice. Like I kept like I didn't know who he was <laughs> because I know what he looks like like as an older person, but like I didn't recognize him as a younger person, and Dude. he didn't have the voice. And I was just like, "What am I watching?" Dude, here? you say younger person, but he's like thirty three in this, and I'm like, he looks old. Yeah, I'm older than he is. Oh my god, am I old? <laughs> am I fucking old? <laughs> yes, Jared. Yes. Oh no! <laughs> Welcome to the thirties. No, it's crazy, dude. Like, like he doesn't look like he's in his early thirties here. I think people just look older back then. He probably smoked a lot. He's he got like the really defined. He's got the really defined lines in his head, and like. Well, now we have really nice anti-aging moisturizers, so you can't. I'm not talking about. Tell. Wait, he's is he wearing a wig? <sighs> he's wearing a hairpiece in this movie. Yes. Is he really? Wait, seriously? Yeah. And Marnie? Yeah, he's wearing a hairpiece. Yeah. At 33? Yes. <laughs> Sean Connery was like bald, like, uh, I don't know, like later this deca- decade. Um, really? Like, yeah. Like, yeah, in the 70s. Yeah. Oh, wow. When he wasn't wearing the hairpiece, you could obviously tell. I mean, like, you know, Indiana Jones, like, I mean, he's even bald in, in that. I mean, that, he's well, not that wearing was like hot. 30 years later. Yeah, Sean Connery has like two looks. He, he has the, the James Bond sort of this suave mid 30s look and then he goes like straight to being like bearded and old and i ha- i've not experienced him in in anything outside of those two look he knows his look he knows what sells it's like go for it man <laughs> you're telling me that james bond was wearing a wig yeah man he was he was wearing a uh in uh what was it uh goldfinger that came out this it was the bond movie that came out the same year that marnie was released 64 he was yeah he's wearing a hairpiece in that I don't think it's a, a whole wig. 
you know, I mean, good for him. Say. I'm, I think it's really great that men, you know, can en enhance their looks also. I just, you know, I would like to support him and his <laughs> beautifying himself. Sean, Sean Connery wore a hairpiece in every original James Bond movie. What the fuck? Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. I had no idea. That blows my mind, bro. I was today years old when I learned that. I have never seen a John James Bond movie, but I have to say I oh don't think gosh. like it would be sense. the same if he was balding, you know? Like I well, guess the hair piece, yeah, that's, that's all I'm saying. That is very true. We're gonna have to start. I'm sorry. Let me. Movies. I feel like I need a disclaimer. Hold on. Balding men can be very attractive. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> when you think of James Bond, at least for me, you think of the say. full head of hair. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I almost feel triggered. <laughs> we can talk about your feelings if you'd like. That's what we're here for. Oh no, that's all right. <laughs> To be fair, Roger Moore also wore a hairpiece, so, you know. I also didn't realize that. God yeah. damn it. All right, so. I think that's just a thing. If you're Bond, you got a hairpiece. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure, it happened I think for I those just two guys. I think yeah. I just read that yeah, Daniel okay. Craig was wearing a Merkin okay. in all those scenes, so. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out. Oh. Were you cutting Thanks for that callback, Jared. I appreciate it. But I did think that uh, like Sean Connery in this film looked very well groomed. Like his eyebrows were really well done. Like that very like the very first close ups you get, I mean, like wow, it's just crazy how how done up he looks. I mean, that was yeah, that was that was his look from those the Bond films. Um, now I I don't know if he was exactly like under contract from Eon Productions because he was in the like the thick of making Bond movies when he was doing this. So I'm I'm sure they had like a say over like how he looked and how he was being presented. But it's kind of crazy that they let him do this role. Really? Yeah, Hi. you know. Well, because of the like, he's supposed to be James Bond and you know, dashing and suave and the good guy. And in, in this movie, hey, he's not really a good guy. That, no, not so much. Okay, yeah, no, he's not a good guy. But I feel like at the time, like I don't think they. I, this is one of those ones again where, like, what were they thinking at the time? Because I feel like a lot of people would watch this and think he is the good guy, and especially if you go back to the '60s, I think he might be interpreted as a good guy, right? Maybe. I, I, don't, I don't know. know. That, because that I mean, I only. I only say this because I can turn on TV now and in the last 20, 30 years, and there are guys who act just like him or worse, and like they're portrayed as the good guys, and I'm always like, wow, they're such fucking assholes, and everyone's like, what are you talking about? He's just trying to help, and I'm like, mm, no, 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 no. So I don't, know, I don't know what the intention was, if it was to portray him as a good or a bad guy i i, I guess all i'm mean, saying is i could see him i could see someone thinking that this was a good role this being this being the first time i've seen it like i mean he does some douchebaggy shit and takes advantage of her in really like you know like vulnerable situations and all that yeah rape does. and blackmail yeah yeah but, 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 he, but he, <laughs> he does that. on a, on a that. fucking honeymoon that's somewhat douchebaggy sure. but but he does it's like kind of like gentle kind of figure out her shit in a weird yeah, way. Yeah, but he does it all in a manipulative way. Like, it's it's all for his his own benefit. And yeah. he even comes out and says it. He's like, 
But the way that the music, like when things happen, it's like the music is leading you, leading you like this is a good thing. Like, that's you know, what I'm right. saying. Okay. Look at the right. romance. Swing. No, like that's what I'm saying is like when you look at movies from this time period, uh, like 50s, 60s, 70s, you have these these what would considered now to be awful, awful things. Yes, including rape and all of that. But at the time, they're just like, oh, look at this fun thing that's happening. And so <laughs> I don't. <laughs> In my notes, I wrote rapey McRape rape. <laughs> <laughs> Who took these notes? <laughs> Fucking neighbor kid. <laughs> well, I'm just like, all right, in the moment, I was like, all right, yeah, this is rapey. <laughs> well, I was, I mean, it reminds me, honestly, uh, and it did it so much better. <laughs> Not that that's an excuse, but it reminded me of this. <laughs> Uh, John Wayne movie that I watched uh, that was done in like 69, 68, 69. There's so much freaking rape in that and like public humiliation of women in their underwear, stripping them down to their underwear in public to humiliate them. But the music was so lighthearted and everyone was laughing and it was supposed to be like a really great thing. And I was just like, what the fuck am I watching? Um, But that's why I'm saying like... (laughs) I don't want to do like I'm not defending the movie necessarily. I'm just saying like I don't know if that was their intention. That's all. I had that same feeling in the same feeling. I had a similar feeling in this while watching um, Rocky and like his relationship with her. Like he felt a little like pushy and like you know like he's kind of demanding. Dude, this that. is way worse than fucking Rocky. No, no, I know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's way worse than Rocky. But I'm yeah. saying I still felt that a little bit in that as well. Like you know with their, but. Yeah, but that that's that's like a, a I don't know that's one of those relationships of like what uh, it is to be masculine at the time and it's presented now and it's like that's a twenty twenty eyes thing. Whereas in this yeah. movie, I think it's pretty clear that everyone's kind of a bad person. There is no real like oh this person's good oh this person's doing things to actually help somebody. They're all kind of bad. What do you what do you think that Hitchcock's trying to say in this like? Is is this a product of its time, or is he trying to make a social statement out of this for its time? You know, kind of on that, but slightly different. I the, it, it took me a minute to realize she had PTSD. The whole time I was like, wait, is he trying to say that she's a lesbian and she like is not into men? Like, is this like a oh, I didn't get subvers- that at all. Well, look, I don't look. I, maybe I know too many people on the internet. I don't know what to tell you. Um, Wait, we're on the internet. No, you know us. No, look, this is not what I'm talking about. Um, the people, Jared. Oh, oh, I'm not a person. I understand. There you go. Okay, you are not um, a people on the internet. No, You're but just like a person on the at internet. first, I was just like, was she just using him, and she's actually a lesbian, and that's where they're going with this? No, I got a similar vibe very early on in the film. Really? Sure. Yeah. Okay, like, yeah. Uh, oh, but, uh, no, and then I before yeah. the flashes. Well, no, the fl- the flashes to the, me so were the first flash. The first flash was the flowers, and I thought it was just like the yeah. color red, and I was like, I don't really understand yeah. what's happening. It's just like a flash. I don't know, and it wasn't associated with like a man or anything. It was just the flowers, and later you learn yeah. the color red. But yeah, yeah. So I knew that something was going on with her, but I was still trying to figure out if she was like a lesbian or not. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have yeah. to be a lesbian not to love Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think we could all be a little lesbian for Sean Connery. I don't know. <laughs> I was real excited. I was like, look at those eyebrows. 
<laughs> it's it's definitely only pronounced insurance, not insurance. Yeah, explain that. Like in in the South, how do we say insurance? Like insurance. How else? How, else you, how are you like, supposed like, to say it? It's like you know a person is is from south of Tennessee if they say Mississippi instead of Mississippi. But I say Mississippi. Like, but, but, like, look, I'm from the South, and I say insurance. Am I saying it wrong? Wait, yeah, I actually missed that, too, and I didn't feel like rewinding it. So I don't understand. Can someone explain <laughs> it, was, it to me? It, it, it was a very, very subtle verbal cue that he used to Shorty realize that she's over. lying to him. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I was so sad that I didn't have the Sean Connery voice in this. He just had, like, a normal <laughs> voice. I was like, I'm missing out. What the fuck is this? No, that's the Sean Connery <laughs> voice. That's... No, that was his voice. No, his voice. really? <laughs> yeah. You're used to hearing the caricature of him. Yeah, I am used to hearing <laughs> yes. the caricature. <laughs> because I was like, where's the voice? I'm getting gypped here. This is not okay. I, you know, why should I be October a rapist? And it, yeah, it'll, it'll fix oh, it. definitely. One ping and one ping only. He did not sound like that in this movie. You guys are making all of this stuff. No, he did not sound. No, look. We named the dog Indiana. No. He had one of those, like, dumb Atlantic, what is it, mid-Atlantic accents that everyone had. No, he didn't. He was very Scottish. Yeah, no, you can hear the Scottish in it. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's very subtle. I thank, have to you. thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys, I heard it. Look, no, I mean, he had a, you're okay. listening for it. You he know, had a few no. moments, but I was also like excited to hear it because this is the first time I've watched a Sean Connery movie in a long time, and I was like, did, did he just like ramp it up or care less as he got older? Or, like, what's going on here? It was, it was became, very, very subtle. So you're not, you're not crazy. The living Kristen. legend, Sean Connery. It, so you it have will to get better as these movies progress and we it's, watch different. Kind of like how you watch a Tarantino movie, and every time there's a new Tarantino movie, it's more Tarantino than the last Tarantino yes. movie, and you're like, oh, this is a Tarantino movie. Oh, now you it's know. a Tarantino yeah. movie. We're catching yeah. the early yeah. Sean Connery before he becomes the Sean Connery that we, you know, make fun of later, or, or you know, <laughs> that we to. know and love is the words yes. you were looking for, Jared. <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry, I didn't say it right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> so when she dyes her hair, uh, you know she changes her hair color. Did, did anyone else notice that it was like chocolate syrup going into the water, like Psycho? You know they had oh, a lot. Yeah, of, there were there was some of that. They had a lot sure. of Psycho references in the beginning. Uh, like even like how she's stealing the money and she's putting the the money into the suitcase. It's it's very much like uh, oh, Psycho yeah. and her name. Her character name uh-huh. she's going under is Marion, like Marion Crane, Janet Lee's yes. character in Psycho. So I think Hitchcock is kind of like setting you up for that. I, there's no yeah. way all that shit's coincidental. Well, it doesn't make sense that her hair, she's dyeing her hair blonde, but it's coming out brown in the water. But the, and I know that in the original Psycho, they used chocolate syrup in the water to make the blood. Yeah. And it looked like chocolate syrup going into that sink. So I was like, oh, Psycho. I didn't get the vibe uh, that she was dyeing her hair blonde. It, it looked to me more like she was washing out I don't whatever think you color can she wash. made it brown. I don't think her natural color is blonde. Her natural color is dark because her mom says, oh, you've lightened your hair. Well, no, no, no. Okay, I actually got the impression that she was blonde, too, because her mom is blonde. And then, yes, when she goes, I thought I also thought she was washing it out. And then when she oh. goes to see her mom, yes, her mom makes a... A, a comment about her hair, but I just thought her mom was being a bitch um, because as, <laughs> well, she was. in the next she scene, was. in the next she scene, she was. has darker hair. I don't know if you guys noticed that she yeah. like has like a couple shades darker. Um, and so, because her yeah, but her mom has blonde hair too. So I I 
I thought that she was like naturally a blonde. And young oh, so Marnie also has on... blonde hair and those flashbacks. Yeah, because she well, she says like you know when she's combing the little the little like weird girl's hair, like you know the elder <laughs> reminds me of your hair when you were the, like why the is Marnie little... stand-in? The Marnie stand-in where she's like. Your mom loves me more than you. She makes me pie and shit. Yeah. She brushes my oh, hair. God. Fuck you, bitch. That little like, girl was like, oh, goddammit, go away. I'm going to steal go your away. mom. That little girl is so evil. I loved her. Gonna that, be like that. Like, their, their relationship, like, I just, like, in that, like, this, like, that, was it just the oh, one scene? You. Oh, my God. It was amazing. I was like, this is, like, the best evil character that I've ever seen in a movie. The, yeah, those are some of the better scenes in the film. I, like... I don't know. I like all the stuff at the mom's house. You like the mom's accent? No. Uh, it bothered me so much. No, I hated it. I couldn't understand half the stuff she was saying. And again, it, I didn't care enough. It felt so it, contrived. So. What was the purpose of that? Because Marty didn't speak in that no, accent. No, okay. The purpose of that was to show that um, she's from the South. It was a really bad, bad Southern accent. Because remember, then Marty like, has this story about how she's from California. And so it's to show like the audience that, no, she's not. The audience knows she's from the South. Well, everything she says is a lie. I mean, okay, it, even the way but... you see her eyes dart around when she's and 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 the, her deliveries. No, I'm serious. Like, they, they, it seems like it's very, it's meant to be this way. When it, whenever he's asking her questions, she's always kind of like, and then says it. You know, there, there's like moments where she's, you can tell she's trying to put things together, and then he catches her in lies and all that. So, yeah, I thought there was a lot of subtlety in her performances, and and it. it it felt like you were you were just like him trying to figure out is she lying is she actually telling the truth are we learning something new and every time I was like I believe that you're putting something together. I'm so gullible. Every time she said something, I was like, oh, that sounds right. And then, <laughs> and then he would be like, I think you're lying to me. And she would tell the new story, and I was like, oh, that sounds better. That's good. <laughs> I have no idea like what her actual story is, but I but I do think that was the point of the mom's accent was so that you had some level of this woman like everything is a lie, but like you can believe in her mom. But like actually I think that's why I didn't like that's why I was I don't know, you can't really believe in the mom because the mom's a fucking psycho bitch. So like who's like a prostitute? Wasn't that the deal? Was yeah, that yeah, what was yeah. happening? Yeah. And so, so like but but yeah, the mom was put there so that you can tr- you can trust the mom for some reason. You if you ever want to trust someone like that. Man, I, I, I think this be- is one of the uh, Alfred Hitchcock's like best moms. Uh, on like, I mean, he, he's known for putting like evil moms in movies. I mean, but this has got to be like no- number two after like fucking Norman Bates's mom. Although you know that's just not creepy really a mom. weird mom. Like yeah, like I think she's and- I think she's just an evil like and, and like her performance okay, and yeah. like like when she like when fucking tippy hitchens marnie's character like puts her head down in her lap and she's just like oh you're hurting my leg like, get off yeah. my leg so this little girl like, can sit on when it. she says like, that in that <laughs> accent it sounds so fucking whiny and Mind just my leg, marnie. like it, it comes across yeah. as it's not like oh you're hurting my leg it's just like you fucking cow you fucking ass get the fuck <laughs> away from me stop touching me oh you disgust me i i thought it you know, worked man but that's weird that she recoils works. at her but like when she first the first time we see her that they hug and there's like a it's normal appearances like it's just oh, her yeah. appearances and it's then not, yeah. after that once they've lived a little bit in there and then she gets close to her she like recoils like she's like a snake or something 
No, I actually loved their relationship and I actually really loved how they kind of explain it at the end because the whole re uh, all right, assuming she's not some evil bitch. The whole <laughs> reason the mom recoils is because she can remember what Marnie mm. can't. And so she's pushing her away. It's all projection. It's all psychological. Like this is so like there's so much psychological stuff in this. I absolutely loved it, but that's really what she's doing. And so it was really nice to be able to see it instead of just kind of speculating like you do with the other moms in his, in his movies, like what happened, like where did they go wrong? But like you very clearly see where they went wrong in this one. <laughs> he brought back that, uh, what is it? The, uh, what, what, what do we call it instead of the Zolly? The the vertigo shot? Is that what we decided well, it's called? Dolly zoom. <clears throat> it's a push-pull. Oh, a push. A dolly Or a trombone zoom. shot. Anyway. It or a, a Zolly. It is a, it is a dolly zoom. Or that Hitchcock shot. <laughs> or or that really cool shot from Lord of the Rings. Right. Or Zolly. Got what normal people call it. Dolly zoom. I like how they used it in this one. Like When, when she's kind of figuring out what's happening and you see the room kind of like warping as it's coming oh, in. Oh, it's great, it's man. It's an interesting subtle way to use it unlike he'd used it before <laughs> no seriously like like, like you know yeah, before before yeah. it felt like an effect well it was like, an like, effect like, to well, show I know, but, but it's, it's, it's getting vertigo it's like, it, it, it's like pushing toward the you know the, the emotion at that time but this time it's kind of used the same way but it's like a dreamier kind of feel yeah it, it's cool i like it and I like it. It went to kind of a sepia tone there too. It was kind of cool. Oh yeah, yeah. They like wash the colors out and give it all that that warm look. I like that. Wait, yeah. I'm sorry. When when was this? Just so <laughs> I... the flashback at the end. Yeah, when yeah. They when they give you oh, the, yeah, the, yeah, 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 the realization. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Or weird ass like pedophile Bruce Dern in his oh sailor outfits. Like, hey, little girl, <laughs> what's going on? Are you scared Is of that the? What was happening there? Uh, this kind of looked like. Yeah, that. that's yeah, what I that's, got. That's definitely what was happening there. Just all up in front of mom. You're just gonna be like, okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just took care but, of you. Now okay. I'm gonna take care Hold of the on. little girl. Can I say Ooh. something? I have don't have experience so as like a prostitute, and I don't know prostitutes. <laughs> However, that's a good. However, okay. Thank you for qualifying. All right, Christy didn't work on tangerine. (laughs) All I'm saying, though, this is why I wanted to clarify. Everything I've ever seen with like prostitutes is these dudes don't have any problem as soon as they're done with mom going to the daughters. Like they don't like that's like recurring over and over and over. So yeah, I think it's a thing because I mean, unless it's just like a weird like movie stereotype, but like. I don't know if there's anyone who frequents prostitutes who wants to write in and share, but like, um, <laughs> no, it's a thing. Dear movie crew podcast. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying that's, it's like, it's just, it's recurring. I've it's had there recurring, multiple times, but saying. I couldn't turn down the daughter. <laughs> like, you know, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> holy shit. These uncomfortable feelings are brought to you by Marnie and Alfred Hitchcock. Ugh. He started it. Uh, yeah, yeah. There are a lot of uncomfortable feelings in the movie. Um, I, I, going back to the, the the rape and and just like how a lot of the things were covered in the movie, and we're talking about like uh, how people are reacting at the time. I do know the 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 second screenwriter for the movie, the guy that wrote the birds. That um, I think his name was Evan Hunter. He actually got fired 
because he refused to write the rape scene in the movie because he was worried that mm-hmm. Sean Connery's character would not be redeemed or be likable after that scene. Sean Connery? But he wasn't in the rape scene. Why would he not be redeemable? No, no, the his... The... Oh, the yeah. other... Are you talking about the... Oh, okay, yeah. Never, yeah, mind, yeah. never mind, never mind. I thought, I'm still <laughs> on a little girl. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. I swear. <laughs> the honeymoon rape scene. <laughs> Where they just do a nice little tilt up to the to the porthole and like, there's no symbolism here. Happy music. Yeah, yeah. It was more subtle than North by Northwest with the train going in the tunnel. Just like the early like scenes where he like completely like where the where she's like has the total freak out where he invites her in on, on a Saturday to do some work and then uh, the storm kind of comes and she like freaks out and gets next to the wall and he's like oh, oh oh and he goes over to her and he's like it's okay it's okay he's like oh wait there's a girl in my arms I should kiss her like, yeah, yeah okay so that was oh the, actually God, that was so okay hold on because I um, that was the uh, that was the another scene where I um. First of all, that was how Tippy kissed in. What did we watch her in? The, the birds. birds. Was it the birds? Yeah, that's yeah. the other one she was in. Was it the birds? It was the birds. All right, that was how, well. That was how she. Uh, okay, then I'm thinking of a different movie. What was the one that was set in San Francisco with the? Oh, Vertigo. <laughs> I was like, with the Vertigo. Um, okay, well, whoever the actress was in that, that was exactly how she kissed too. And I remember saying that like. I don't think she's into him. And so when I was watching Tippy in this scene, I was like, wow, this is like very forceful. She does not seem into him at all, which very again was playing into my, maybe she's a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> she's just lost in her moments. Like there's another scene later where he's like kissing her and she's just like, they do this great shot over him to her where she's just like staring off like a zombie. Yeah. Oh, in the like barn. Super catatonic. Yeah, yeah dude. dude. That, she has so many perfect sets- like dissociating moments where she just, she she goes from like very normal and you're like all right that's cool and then she just like something hits her and she goes completely like solid and she's like staring off mom. into space and well that's how it man, works those so when, good. when she when she, oh, comes, yeah, sure. she, com- when she was, confronts her mom she's like mom why don't you love me her mom like goes into this total catatonic stare yeah. off mm-hmm. into the distance where you know, right up until the end of the scene where she leaves, mom's just staring off. So then later on, when when she does that, it totally echoes that feeling that that, that you get when you see mom not dealing with the situation. No, so the first time that I saw her do that, I was like, "Holy shit, she is dissociating. She's got some kind of PTSD." And like the fact that she didn't, she literally didn't remember what happened to her when she was a kid. Like I, I thought that was all that was a really good progression from from all these little subtle things that they're throwing in. To have it end like that, I was like, there's the Hitchcock twist I was waiting for. Yeah, me too. I was like, damn, when's Hitchcock going to come? Yeah. <laughs> oh, what? now it's Hitchcock. Come movie. on, man. That I'm fucking just, robbery I'm, I'm scene, I'm, dude. I'm waiting on you, Brian. I was just fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> the, the robbery scene where he's like, hey, you guys remember that I started in uh, movies without sound, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Let me just remind you. I love yeah, so the cool. robbery scene. That oh, was so good. Amazing. It was amazing. Uh, but the only thing I didn't like about that was the thing at the end where they had to like have the guy come in and, and go talk to the lady about like to give you the reason why she didn't like look up when she dropped the shoe. She's hard of hearing. Oh, yeah. He walks like I mean, right next to her and he's like, ah. He's like, oh, you're trying to get it done early tonight. She's like, huh? You know, like, oh, that's right. So she's hard of hearing. That's why she didn't get the thing. So end of the scene. Jared, if, if they didn't do that, then you'd be on this podcast going, and why did that old lady not turn around when those shoes dropped? You hear how Brian? loud they echoed? Brian, 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 we got to fill an hour, bro. Okay. 
<laughs> I'm just saying, man. Like, come on, come on. Let, let, I let, loved let's it. I loved it. all of it. Also, I think you guys already mentioned this, but like the opening scene when she's walking away, and it's just like it starts off tight on her purse, and she's walking to the train station. But this is with before she, on. yeah, with the wig, yeah, uh, before she like lightens her hair and has the uh, before she does everything. Uh, I yeah. loved, I loved all of that too. That's where she's carrying all her baggage, all the different identities in that bag. And all that. Oh, dude, I love that yellow bag. That was man. so good. Yeah, I love like so if good. I could have all those identities and all, you know all that money and everything <laughs> and just one little cute bag. Like I mean, I'm here for it. One thing I didn't like about her social security cards is they weren't signed. But they were. Oh, really? That's an, that's forgeries, right? Like I mean, well, yeah, cares? but, she was yeah, but she's supposed to sign them. You're still supposed to sign them. I never sign any of my stuff. Are, are, you, are you supposed to sign, to sign those? Those old ones like that. It's. I, I went back and looked at it. Did it have yes. a? Uh, did it have a it line a, for a signature? It had, it had his signature line, and none of them were signed. Oh, maybe you know, maybe those weren't know. the ones used yet. Yeah, bro, it had a signature line. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like she has those extra identities, and maybe that's how she knows whether she's used it or not. She signed oh, it. She so had, did she sign oh, the Marion okay. one? Oh, that's what I'm that's saying. an interesting point. Oh, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you may, you may be right. Sorry. Fair okay, can Hitchcock. I? I also say, kind of on her different identities, I loved when she and Sean Connery, I guess, were at the racetrack, and some guy comes up and is like, oh, oh I yeah. know you, and she's like, no, you don't, and and Sean Connery is like, is there a problem? He's like, I do I know her, and he and Sean Connery like totally backs up, he's like, no, she said you don't know you don't know her, like, leave her alone, and he's yeah. like, oh, my mistake, my mistake, I was like, wow, that's that's, that's, I like that. That's nice. <laughs> but to be fair, that was a great scene and that did play really well. But he did have a suspicion and he went back later. Yeah. Later okay. Later. Well, fine. In, but I'm just saying dialogue. that was hot. Okay. Like, that's all I'm saying. Like, oh, you're saying that was hot? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like when guys take charge yeah. like that. That's all I'm saying. And go no, no, with, no, no, go no. along with whatever the fuck I'm saying. You can, like, question me later. But, like, when I say something, like, let's go along, play along with me. I like it. I like all it. Right, I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes. All right. So when a woman says, so we're going to have to go along with that at least until we get through this scene. Okay. Done. All right. Um, <laughs> I do, the I do, fuck? I, I do, I do like that when the guy comes back later, he's like, oh, you're pushing your luck, old boy. <laughs> yeah, man. He was like, he was like, listen, listen, listen motherfucker. Linda, <laughs> Linda, Linda, Linda. Listen. <laughs> well, no, that wasn't the name. What was the name? No, what, no, was no. He, what did he kept no, calling her? Li- Brian, that that's an allusion I to know. internet ma- video. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know what that is. Uh, okay, I get that reference. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I forget what the name was. Fuck, it's gonna bother me now. It was like Mr. Trailer. I don't know. Mr. Trailer. No, wait. We're, we're not there yet. <laughs> wait, are we there yet? I, I, I will say, we were, Taylor. we were talking about that, uh, that opening shot. Uh, that is one of my favorite edits uh, in the movie. When they, when they go uh, from her on the train station, got the close-up of the bag, and she's walking oh, away. Yeah. And then it just slams on the dude's face. And he's almost looking directly into camera. And he's like, robbed! And then he looks they away, and he starts talking to the, he starts going to the, the whole story with the security guards. Oh, man, it's great. They mimic that shot again shortly after there, which is interesting. They they kind of replicate that shot in a different space. Oh yeah, with her on the back. Yeah, it's neat. Oh, I like they that. replicate that that same uh, the same close up too when he comes to the party, and there's this awesome crane oh, shot, yeah. and you see everyone walk in the door. And by the time like uh, the Strout guy gets to the door, the the doorman opens it up, and it's boom, it's that same close up, and there yeah. he is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of really good camera work in this. There's a lot of really soft shots, which I thought was interesting. Um, but you know, 
give it give it to the time you know they could it can't be perfect like especially like the shot where the camera follows her down onto the bed in that like in that like nice medium shot where he you see her head go all the way up and he's laying her down and she goes all the way down to the pillow and the, the camera cranes down with her super cool yeah um like tracking shot it's not perfect the, the, the focus is soft it but is. it totally but it totally feels that like catatonic key you know she's like you know being it's led. like she's connected to the yeah. camera so you yeah. as the audience are getting that same like you're in a catatonic state it like being really laid cool. down it works really really well yeah 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 i like all the cinematography in this <laughs> i do not like the uh the matte stuff as much i was just gonna say those wide angle mats, like the the first one where that you see the buildings when they're at her house or whatever, her mom's place. No, oh, with the ship in the background. The oh, ship. The first one is like, like right, I'll so give bad. you that one. Yeah. But then they go to the second one, and it's like this weird, awkward, like different version of it, and it's like, ah. yeah. The wide is okay, but that one, when, like... when they cut down to the kids doing the little like you know oh, the so lady bad. with the alligator yeah. purse, all that shit. Yeah, I think the wide's in the back lot, right? And they have the backdrop. Right, like on, because on, you can see the car pull away and go around the corner. I think yeah. that's on a back lot. Yeah. And then when they cut to, for some reason, I guess the the that's in a set, and I don't think the set was big enough. And they painted the no, fucking... and only goes, yeah, and only goes like like two steps. You can see the color difference between yeah, they did a lot. Oh, yeah. they did a lot. Like when they're on the cruise ship, there's a scene where he comes down, and it looks like there's a whole row of of stuff there. And the, oh, the the, back, the the line, the the, the the mat is right there. It's like three feet away from him. Yeah, you know. But then, but then they cut to the next thing. Were they actually on a cruise ship? Did they go to a cruise ship? And, it certainly like, looked like some, on some of those I was like, shots. Damn! Like, did you like build these like long hallway shots, but only do a weird mat shot for this other thing? You know, I'm sure at the time it looked great. You know, it's just easy no, to pick no. Because I read some, I read some reviews that people that like, came out, and they were like, shit. oh, like <laughs> the cardboard backgrounds. Like, yeah, I, you know. Yeah, there were several several critics that were very vocal about how bad those were. Yeah, they were getting away from like you know shooting in sets and studios, and it, you know, in, in the in the mid sixties. I mean, like you even look at the Bond films and how much of those were like the interiors were sets and stuff, like we do now. But all the exteriors and stuff that was actually on location. When you watch Goldfinger, you know, like when Sean Connery's out, you know, talking to you know Goldfinger, right, and they're at the stables. They're actually at yeah. a stables, and you can totally see the difference, you know, just by looking at the background. It's a huge difference, and it's it's so much more believable in those situations. You know, uh, Hitchcock is famous for his, like, uh, processed car shots. I love the processed horse shots. I was going to um, say, <laughs> like, it looks like a real horse that she's, it like, is. sitting on. I like, I, I like, did, they have the horse, did they have the horse on a conveyor belt or something? Yeah, it was like, on how a, they, they got the biggest it was actually treadmill. Moving. And then uh, the very, very tight close-ups, uh, they had a mechanical horse. is like, horse. what the fuck is happening? You just see, like, the, the top of the neck of the horse, but you're like, oh, Well, no, the first time you see it, you see the ass of the horse and the head and all that. I was like, this looks like it's, she's on a real horse that's moving, yeah. kind of. Yeah, there was some, I, I thought there was some pretty good, like, when, when you're looking behind her and you see she's getting chased or whatever. Like, some of that worked out really well, but some of the other shots didn't. Yeah, I, I, I like it. The horse chase stuff, I thought... I thought that worked, especially like when she gets thrown off the horse. It's so stylized, and I, I don't even know like what what type of like it's 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 like a surrealist type of cinema. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to like point to Germans or French and say, "Oh yeah, this is what his inspiration was." But I mean, you can definitely see like that's what he's going for. In that, are you talking about when she wrecks the horse? Yeah, when she hits the wall. Yeah, when she, the horse tries to jump and over, she and flips, it can't and then the and horse have, like, falls, and they have all those moments. Yeah. 
and they're all broken out. You get each individual one. It's kind of like watching a comic, uh, like reading a comic book. You have yeah, all exactly. Yeah. Oh, it was like Liam Neeson jumping over a fence. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. And there's the stunt double. <laughs> I don't know. I really didn't like it. I felt like there were too many shots in there. Like I understood what was. Ha- I feel like you could do it. I mean, okay, if you wanted to do it like comic book style, I feel like in a comic book you only get three little sections. Yeah. It was way and too we many. Had How many like cells on the page? Too many. <laughs> we had yeah. way too many. It was a lot, and I was like, I, I think I get what you're going for, but you're still going. So I don't. Is something else happening? Like, I don't understand. Three minutes later. Oh, right. she's still falling over the... Okay. Well, it's it. it's a... I don't know. It's just such a strong... It's just such a strong, uh, like, character beat because, like, that's the only thing that we know for sure that Marnie, like, really... She loves horses. She loves in her life and she gets some kind of that's enjoyment out of and the yeah. horse loves her and... Like she's actually genuinely good at it, and not for like the it. sake of someone oh, no, hey, else or on. faking anything. No, look, I actually I thought okay, I thought it was I kind of really enjoyed how she wanted to kill her horse. She's because, like, let me kill it now. Wait, she, was no. not, she was trying to pull back on the reins to stop the horse. No, 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 no. Okay, she obviously loves loves that horse, which is why she wanted to put it down when it was injured. And um, well, that's and that's she, what you do. Well, I know, I know. Just but, like old Yeller, you got to pull the trigger. That's right. You look, do it. I'm sorry, boy. <laughs> all, all I'm saying is, I really appreciated that scene because, okay, I didn't have, to, I never put down anything, but I almost put down a bird once. And when I tell people the story about how I almost had to put down this bird, especially dudes are like horrified, and they're just like, "What? Tell Why me the story. You, do you want to hear it like now? <laughs> I can tell you later." Um, oh, we're on the podcast. You want to hear it on the podcast? Fuck it. That's, that's what we're here for. I mean, it's not really Marnie related. Okay. All right. Everything's Brian, Marnie related. Brian, are you okay with this on uh, the podcast? You can sure. cut it out. Yeah, let's, cut it let's out. Do it. No, cut no. It out. Marnie had to put down her favorite horse. You got to put down a bird. No, I didn't. I didn't have to put down the bird. All right. We'll wait. <laughs> I'm ready. All right. Okay, so okay, so um, I let my cats go outside, and one of my cats likes to bring in animals, hunt animals. He's really bad. He doesn't want to kill them. For anyone listening to this and who's horrified, he likes to bring them in alive. And so he like <laughs> brings in like snakes and rabbits and everything. And one time he brought in a bird, and um, so this was like a live bird in my bedroom because <laughs> he brought it in uh, and like dumped it under my bed because he was like, "I'm going to keep this for later." Um, <laughs> As cats are wont to do. Right. So I was like, no, 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 we don't keep birds in the house. And so I had to like get the bird <laughs> and put it in a bag and take it outside. And then the bird wouldn't move. And I like took the bag and like kind of like rolled the bird out and the bird just like flopped out. And I was like, fuck, this bird is like injured. And I was like, I have to do the right thing and put the bird down because what kind of fucking monster am I? Like my cat clearly somehow injured this bird or maybe I injured this bird. Like what the fuck? I have to do the right thing that shouldn't suffer. And so anyway, when you're sitting there with like a bird, like laying like on its side, you're just, and you have to like, you know, you know, you're about to kill it. Like you're just like fuck so i took like a minute and i was like can i really fucking do this and like obviously the answer is yes because i'm not gonna let this bird suffer and so i turned and i like looked at the bird and then the bird like turned and looked at me <laughs> and then it <laughs> hopped up on its little feet and flew away and i was like oh, no what way. the fuck what the fuck like i was like preparing to kill this bird and it was totally fucking fine 
anyway. Um, he knew. Yeah. He locked eyes with you. He was like, holy <laughs> shit! Yeah, like, Get out now. Get the fuck out of here. Okay. <laughs> this is a psycho. We gotta leave. <laughs> I was in shock. Animals play dead. Look, it's a thing. It's a thing, all right? But, um... <laughs> But the point is, when I tell this story to people, especially guys, they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe you would kill an animal. And I'm like, it was suffering, potentially. I mean, it wasn't. It was fine. But, like, potentially it was suffering. Like, I'm not going to. Anyway, so I, like, felt a lot, like, with, like, her wanting to put down the horse. But also, I was like, let's give it a minute. Like, we don't know. (laughs) Sounds like you're telling this story to a bunch of city boys. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe that's my problem. I don't know. I'm, I'm a city boy, you know. <laughs> put it down <laughs> in the suffering. <laughs> Can Marnie be a verb? Hmm, maybe we should make it one. About to Marnie this horse, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, so, like, could you could you put your horse down? Could I? Yeah. Like, if you had to go shoot your yeah, horse. Shit, yeah. Shit. No. Because if the other alternative, and that's what I don't get. Like, when everyone is like horrified by this like what's the alternative it's gonna suffer until it dies how fucking but how horrible. do you know though okay well how do you okay know? okay first of all i don't know i like i would consult a vet <laughs> and um i think she that moved was too quick is what i thought she's she like was, whoa, 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 whoa. she was really the really other quick. girl she's like wait wait wait, wait let's call the vet <laughs> let's, yeah, let's, yeah. Act, let's let's act a little like rationally here Let's put well, the gun down. Okay, but I also thought it was very fitting with Marnie's character because as soon as uh, that happens, like her first instinct, or I guess her second instinct after killing, her second instinct is to go get the money and run, and she can't do it. You know what I'm saying? And so it's kind of like her encountering people who are like a little more normal than like her mom and who. And I actually really loved the scene with Sean Connery. And he was like, if you want to take the money, take the money. Uh, he's like, go. Like, that's like, it's it's your money. That's what you're here for. And so, like, I do think he has some, rede- I, I think he has some redeemable qualities. Like, he's definitely not a bad, like, quote unquote, bad guy. Um, just a little rapey. Just a little rapey. I think that was normal <laughs> at the time. Not that I'm excusing it. I'm just saying. A little blackmail-y, you know. A little sexual blackmail. Just taking advantage yeah. of the situation. His his whole monologue about listen, I'm the best version of this sexual blackmail that you could possibly that, right? get. You you keep going with this, and some other dude is not going to be as cool as I am about it. So <laughs> he's going to be way. He's going to rape you like, and turn you into the cops. Think about that. <laughs> like, jeez. These are all valid points. I'm just saying, like, you totally do this. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's kind of weird that she's freaked out about blood, but she can kill her horse. No, um, I think no. it's a, I think it's different. It, and honestly, I think um, killing the horse and seeing the blood and having all of this, like, I think it would send her into some sort of thing. But I think she's already mm-hmm. in that in a very strange headspace. Yeah. When she has when she realizes she has to kill her horse. And she already saw the red too. Like that's what started the whole thing. She saw those red coats from like all, all the. What was it like? Yeah. I don't know. There's three or four people wearing the red jackets while they were hunting, which I'm not sure why they do that in fox hunts. I've never been fox hunting, so I don't know. It's turducken. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the traducan is, man. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> it's like, yep, you know, red didn't goats. you watch the Fox and the Hound when you were a kid? Come on, I'm a hound dog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my name's Copper. Uh, <laughs> that's all I could think that whole scene. <laughs> I do think that's another oh, good man. suspenseful moment though when you when you see the red coats before like you know she she before she sees yeah, them. That's good. like oh this is coming. It's coming. What were you gonna say, Jerry? Why do they wear red? I don't. know. I'm just trying to figure out why they wear red. You know, like when you go deer hunting, you got to wear the orange so nobody else kills you. I don't know about that red though. Well, I think you wear the red so that. Um, you don't accidentally get shot like that so happens when you thing. go deer hunting. So why doesn't okay. everybody wear red? That makes no fucking sense. If you're worried about getting shot, yeah. then everybody would be wearing wet red. Why? Why you, is it just the person? Shut up. Why is it just <laughs> one person? <laughs> or in this case, three, because there were like three different teams. Well, in in the modern world, it's really weird. You only wear like flagging, like something that where you can be seen through the woods if you're using high powered rifles. If it's like bow season. No, you can slip out there wearing camo. It's weird. Okay, that I guess. Uh, just quick Google search. It's the master oh. of the hunt. So there you Thank go. You, oh. Where's the red? The, oh. the leaders. So, so I guess if you're looking through the woods, you can be like, okay, we need to go that way. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Are, are we ready for trailer? I think we're ready for trailer. I'm burning. I out. think we're ready yeah. for trailer. And on that note, guys, we're gonna play the trailer for Marnie. We'll be back. How do you do? I'm Alfred Hitchcock, and I would like to tell you about my latest motion picture, Marnie, which will be coming to this theater soon. Marnie is a very difficult picture to classify. It is not psycho, nor do we have a horde of birds flapping about and pecking at people willy-nilly. We do have two very interesting human specimens, a man and a woman. One might call Marnie a sex mystery, that is, if one used such words. But it is more than that. Perhaps the best way to tell you about the picture is to show you a few scenes. This is Mark coming down the stairs of his family home outside Philadelphia. He is a thoughtful man, dark and brooding. He is, in a sense, a hunter. And this is what he is hunting, Marnie. Seeing her in her mother's modest house, one wonders how two such different people could cross paths. It was certainly not Marnie's idea. Marnie was going about her own business like any normal girl. Happy, happy, happy. Suddenly into this colorful life comes Mark. At first he didn't know what to make of Marnie. She does seem a rather excitable type. What would account for this strange behavior? Has she just realized that she forgot her umbrella? The colors, stop the colors. What colors? Marnie's trouble goes deeper than that. Far deeper. And this is the problem which Mark must probe. But first, something must be done to calm this girl. Our hero applies mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. But that may give you the impression this picture is all sex and no mystery. Not so at all. Here, for example, Marnie is speaking to, uh, I'm not sure who actually, but he is a man from her past, 
a past she seems to be denying. Oh dear, they're at it again. Let me assure you that this is all in the spirit of investigation. And this, here is further proof that Marnie is a talking picture. You don't love me. I'm just something you've caught. You think I'm some kind of animal you've trapped. That's right, you are. And I've caught something really wild this time, haven't I? I've tracked you and caught you, and by God, I'm going to keep you. That should be quite enough. If you wish to hear more, you will have to buy a ticket. As for which one of them is the wild animal, there are times when I'm not sure. I don't think that was necessary. Actually, I think I should withhold comment, since I'm not certain I understand this scene. I shall leave the explanation to your own vivid imagination. It would appear that Mark has a single solution for all problems. This is not so. Mark is a complex man, dark and forbidding. He can also be kind and considerate. And he is also a troubled man. Troubled because he cannot seem to unravel the mystery of the girl called Marnie. That was a trailer for Marnie, a mystery, a sex thriller, a detective story, question mark? Yes! <laughs> so, um... If you use such words. Hitchcock, <laughs> Hitchcock's down with what Mark's doing in this movie, bro. Hitchcock, Hitchcock thinks it's, uh, it's, it's like, appropriate bro, and you, necessary. Bro, sometimes you gotta, like, fuck these girls out of these weird things they're in. Well, right? speaking of all of this, <laughs> what? I mean, we talked about a little bit about how Hitchcock was like kind of sexually assaulting Tippy on the birds, but he was doing it on this one too. I was kind of surprised. But in the movie. <laughs> well, vicariously. But I was James surprised Bond. that she did another movie, and I kind of looked it up and. Um, I guess after this, Hitchcock was like, I'm going to ruin your career because you won't like sleep with me. And well, he, I don't know that he necessarily ruined her career. I mean, kind of, but he like wouldn't use her after this. And she ended up opening like a cat sanctuary, like Carol Baskin. (laughs) And so like, I don't know, Mm. I guess it depends on how you define success, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. She wasn't able to act for a while. But uh, there is a great, a great uh, Hitchcock quote uh, for when Evan uh, Hunter was writing that uh, rape scene right before he got uh, fired. He, he told Evan, Evan, when he sticks it in her, I want that camera right on her face. That's a direct quote. Wow. God damn. So, yeah, they were not, uh, not the best bedfellows at the time. Yeah, clearly, clearly Hitchcock was, was very excited about the idea of James Bond raping Tippi Hendren. Grace Kelly was originally supposed to be in this role. <laughs> oh, that's even do, better. Do you think that he thinks that it's rape? I don't think he thinks it's rape. That's my question. I don't think he thinks it's rape. No, no. I he, mean, he, he well, called us they the were married, scene. right? 
Look, I I remember. Okay, like look, I was born in the eighties, and I remember like watch. I I watched the news a lot, and I remember watching the news, and like there were all these like guest people, whatever you want to fucking call them, who. Uh, but, but, but they were like, oh no, it's not rape because you're married and like, you know, this is what God wants and like, this is what your husband mm-hmm. wants, who is basically God and for some reason. I don't really remember, but like, no, 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 like these people don't consider it rape. And so no, I don't, I definitely don't think in what was a 64 that they considered this necessarily rape. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, it's. It's been a long and hard fight to to convince a lot of, um, especially religious leaning folks, or I should I should specify Western Christian leaning folks, uh, that even in in a marriage you can you can rape a partner, well, and that's part of that's part of the struggle with this film. Well, no, because honestly, like it's uh, it's kind of a struggle to. S- I don't know how to say this, but like to see women as like people right. instead of property, because like when you say that, you're like obviously they're people and not property. But then when like you look at the nitty gritty, like actually most people see women as property. Um, and and that's kind of the thing is like, well, if you're married to her, is it rape? And ob- obviously this, but like, but 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 no no no, because like even in the courts, rape with your like raping your wife wasn't a thing until like the seventies, I think. Right? Does anyone know this? I don't know the specifics of it, it, but I'm sure it's it's not. Yeah. I have no idea. I know Lorraine Bobbitt has got some ideas on that. (laughs) Right. And like most people consider her to be crazy. She's obviously an outlier. That's not the norm. Well, I mean, the fact that the trailer even even is framing this as like, here's a mysterious woman who is essentially prey for this wonderful guy who is well, dark and mysterious himself well, but honestly well, he's doing it in the trailer they actually show the rape in the trailer the whole the whole scene there but then, then while that's happening uh hitchcock's saying that he's a loving guy and a caring guy over right. that scene well yeah. okay but yeah but hitchcock is also like saying a lot of things that are not going with the visuals like oh look at uh, she's a happy woman while she's fucking stealing money so i mean that is a little bit of his I mean, dark macabre look, sense of humor on, right on. come on like i mean getting money is always bro, a happy thing. she was super happy bro she's like oh my god look at all this money whatever <laughs> tippy hitron does not smile in this fucking movie did you guys see her smile in it because I, I, I don't know i thought she uh she would have looked a lot prettier if she smiled in this movie. she was smiling when she was riding the horse Oh yeah, okay. That's true. Yeah, she did have go. some moments That's of actual genuine joy, which which is part of the reason why the whole horse having to be killed thing made a lot more emotional impact was because that was one of the few times where we actually saw her character being genuinely herself and not putting on any kind of persona. Those were the happy times, you know, before she married well, someone from Black. Anytime. Anytime she's riding the horse, she's just so happy and free. I think that's the whole point of it. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, the rape is bad, but I mean, just the whole like rape is bad, right? Right, but but even before that, (laughs) like when he catches her in the crime and he he kind of forces like he forces her into marriage. So of course, like I guess like obviously he's gonna rape her eventually like it's just he's forcing her to get married <laughs> he's like he's like look you're gonna be mine like i've caught you like you're you're my no, no, no. possession yeah. okay. like it's hold literally on, on. the dialogue yeah no like okay 
let's put aside the break for a second. No, that is the dialogue where he, where she's like, oh, you just think that you've caught me. And he's like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And I think that's the most dangerous dialogue in the whole film, because first of all, you can't capture another human being. And second of all, if you think you have, it's just a matter of time before you realize that like they're a human being and you can't. (laughs) And so either way, it's a downfall. It's, and that never happened in the movie, which, which I guess is, I don't know. I guess it, Does the, it happen at the movie, though? I don't when think it, it happens. No, because no, no, no. Because in the end, he's like, oh, I'm going to play therapist for you and like, tell me your dark secrets. But she and agrees they, to like, go off with him. Like, isn't that the last line where she says, like, yeah, I do. I do want to have life with you or I forget what the line is, but she's like, yeah, I want to I want to be with you. And it, it is. Yeah. That. OK, but but to that. He has a whole whole thing early on when when they first meet where where he's he's telling her how he captured um, a jaguar, a jaguar <laughs> and and taught it to trust him. Right. And she's like, I wait, trained that's it. all you now like. I how did you cougars. train him? What did you what did you train him to do? And he's like, I taught it to trust me or whatever. And like she's like, that's not a big deal. And he's like, no, well, that's that's the whole deal. That That's his entire character arc. His is, whole thing is, is him is feeling studying. like he's capturing her. And yeah, then teaching observing. her to trust him. So, so to me, that that negates any kind of possible good that he might be doing for her, especially with the whole interaction with the mom and the and the realizing what what happened when she was a child, because that's his training her to trust him. Yeah, I actually don't think that anything that she went through is beneficial for her mental health because <laughs> what learning just, about it. No, like learning about it and coming to that realization, like coming out of the building at the end, like she's not better. She just no, remembers no. everything. She and needs any like connection a that she has doctor. with him is a trauma bond after yeah. having re-experienced yeah. the trauma. The the fact that she can re- remember it is is she's literally re-experiencing the trauma, and like, that's what's causing her her memory to to be jogged the way it was. Yeah. And so, and any amount of like her attaching herself to him. It's just a trauma bond, and that's that's not any better for their relationship. <laughs> I mean, that's he continuing the better. power dynamic that it was. It, as far as yes. he's concerned, oh, yes. you trust me yes. now. I've helped you. Yes. Now you know what happened to you. But for her, that's almost worse because now she's not able to dissociate the way that she's been doing the entire film. All I those things say- are true, but that's not how the movie presents it. The movie presents it at the end like it is a close story we are done life is moving on these two are going to be happy and go off into the sunset together there's literally a wide shot with the fucking bridge at the end like right there there is no like ominous anything here i i think i think modern audiences hopefully can tell that she has ptsd and i will also say but i will say on that kind of note um, PTSD wasn't like even recognized as a mental disorder until the 70s and we yeah. didn't have treatment for it until what the 80s or the 90s so I think that him kind of presenting it as a happy ending is the best that they could do at that point in time I would agree with that I mean this is a complex story with complex characters and and there's there's not like we said earlier there's not really anyone that's good they, these are all real real humans that are all experiencing difficulties in their life and the fact that they're able to go through some of these things and have such such subtlety and nuance in dealing with it even when it's when it's framed and presented as like this is a good thing and he's helping her and he actually cares when 
you know, for our 2020 eyes, it's he doesn't. He's being selfish. He's he's using her in a way that maybe he thinks or socially is acceptable for them. But it is it is an, an interesting study in these these two very very real characters, and I did appreciate how how human they are on screen. I do think he's trying to help her. I yeah. I think he's genuinely trying to help her. It's not how you help people. That's really wrong. Anyone who thinks this is the correct way to help people needs help, like needs help themselves. That's not, don't do that. Um, but I do think that he's genuinely trying, like there's like a whole scene where he's like, no, I've read these books and like, I have all of this stuff. <laughs> And like I'm oh, gonna they be show that. that that's about as on the nose as they can get. No, but the like sexual deviations I, of the criminal woman. Like, oh, okay, now we understand what you're trying to say. This is supposed to be. Yeah, no, but like, but I think that's the. I think the whole point of that was to show that he's trying. In the '60s, he's being genuine. He's trying. He's like not. He's not necessarily trying to manipulate her, even though that's what he's doing. Like we know that's what he's doing, and we know that's not how it works, but. Like, I don't know that they knew that back then. That's a fair point. It just seems like he's doing all that stuff just so he can get her in bed without her wigging out. Okay, obviously that's what's happening, but <laughs> that's what's happening that's what in every interaction ever between men and women. So come on. <laughs> there are just, you know, maladaptive ways and, and more adaptive ways to be to be he- yeah, even the sister healthy with it. Yeah, I mean, like that's uh, that's uh, that's what yeah, she's what the doing. hell's going on there? <laughs> yeah, that was the, the, the was constant great. plastic smile every time she's like, oh, she fucking kisses him straight on. Well, yeah. Why, why do you think she's living in that house after fucking her sister's dead? Like, that's not her fucking family. Like, wh- wh- what yep. is happening? No. Here? no, she's staying around for Who Sean knows? Connery, man. Yeah. She's waiting for him to think she's old enough so that she can. But yet again, I'm totally more attracted that. to the, to the brunette in this than <laughs> <laughs> like, like wow, like he's always uh, about like, absolutely uh, like, yeah, yeah. He always always about like hiring a really hot brunette. Yeah, it, Hitchcock is weird with with the, his obsession with the blondes, and yet somehow always the brunettes are are way more more interesting, more beautiful. Like I yeah. don't understand. It's, it's very it's strange. It's very strange. Oh, this is a, a Edith Head collaboration, Kristen. Yeah, costumes. Okay, so I actually um, was not like super fond of the costumes, with the exception of the white dress that she wore, kind of at the party. Mm. Yes, all right. Yeah, yeah. You guys are agreeing with me. Yes, that's yes, yes. dope. But like the rest of them, I was just like, really? That's it. <laughs> it was like that. Like, look, I'm I'm in favor of collecting a paycheck too, but like, I don't know. I was not. I was think not. She phoned it in. Yeah, I, don't, I was not into any of them. I mean, I don't think she won any awards for this, did she? She did no. not. I don't yeah. know. I really like the uh, that their first honeymoon night, and she uh, she comes out of the bathroom after Sean Connery's with like, that, "Come on, what are the, you doing in the bathroom?" She's all so like, <laughs> all the way up to her neck. The bathroom <laughs> is the battleground. <laughs> she's like wearing a fucking like I don't know what the fuck it was, but it's like a damn weird turtleneck thing. <laughs> that was definitely like the the honeymoon like, equivalent to like a, I'm not interested. <laughs> so funny. He's, he's like he's, he's like beautiful all uh, showered up or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah, she's got a little bit of shine on her forehead. Oh, oh yeah. you have no makeup tonight, and you're still beautiful. <laughs> well done. Five minutes to do that. That's the only part. I'm, I'm so glad that you're showing. still pretty. <laughs> He's like, I, I can't really comment on anything else. Maybe your hands. Uh... <laughs> oh my god, I could see an ankle. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like those ankles are sexy sometimes. Come on, now. Hey, bro. You know, no whatever doubt. does it for you. I still like the uh, the beds being separate. You know, they're on their honeymoon suite. Yeah. Ooh, separate but beds. her bed is just a little bit bigger. 
Sure, so that when uh, when the porthole happens. Oh, really? I didn't notice that. I didn't notice that either. Yeah, hers hers was like a like a full or whatever the, the size up from the twin is, and his was like barely the pillow width. Mm. This was also a lot of last collaborations that Alfred Hitchcock had with, uh, like, uh, let me see, Burt, uh, Robert Burks, the cinematographer, oh, the yeah. last Hitchcock movie shot, George Tomasini, last movie he cut, and Bernard Herman was, this was the last score that he did for Hitchcock. Mm. Wow. Kind of the end of an error. I don't know, I've read some things on the internets that uh, people were saying this is the last movie that it seemed like Hitchcock actually cared about. Oh, they're crazy. They, they didn't watch Frenzy. Frenzy is great. You don't like okay. any of the characters, kind of like in this movie, but yeah, it's got a nice, like, it's a good, it's a good old-fashioned, like, serial killer movie with a little bit of a whodunit. I recommend it. But yeah, uh, mo- a lot of people consider Marnie to be, like, the last great Hitchcock movie, but... Do you think that's because his collaborator, collaborators left, or do you think that... Yeah, like, what? once you had Bernard Herman and Hitchcock together, like, separating them... Yeah, it's just kind of tough. You know, I will say one of the things that I really liked, I don't know if you guys noticed this, when Sean Connery and Tippi walked out of, at the very end, when they walked out of the mom's apartment building, the kids playing on the street and their nursery rhyme, and it was just timed so perfectly. As soon as they stepped out of the door... The kids, uh, the nursery rhyme goes, call for the doctor, call for the nurse. Yeah. And then they go, call for the lady in the crocodile purse. And if you know the rhyme, you know that's where they're going. But, like, for a second, you're just like, oh, do they know she's crazy? <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was well timed, and I did notice it that as well. perfect. I definitely need to call really for the nice. doctor because, damn. That's yes. the same one they were doing at the beginning of the movie, too. Yeah. When they, when, they, when they go there. Kids oh, doing... were they doing the rhyme at the beginning of the movie? I only noticed it at the end. Yeah, when, when yeah. Tippi first went to her mom's place. Yeah, yeah just outside they were doing, they the, were doing that it. That same one. Okay. I thought that was really cool, though. I, I loved yeah. it at the end. Man, you know, I was thinking, you guys talking about the end, uh, they got me thinking about, the, you know, I, I was giving shit to those match shots earlier, but I just realized that they had, just thinking back on it, they actually had lightning flashes in those. They did. How the fuck did they do that? It was in the in the wide shot. So I mean, you could you can put you know lighting gags in a matte shot. On a, it's just a mat. No, what? No, that, 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 that was a painted backdrop. That wasn't a that wasn't a mat. Yeah, no, that's what I'm talking about. Like if if you make parts of the painted backdrop thicker, and then some of them are thinner, and then you flash and throw lights into it, then it will look like it's a lighting gag. That's not an uncommon technique. Man, really? he's not wrong, Brian. Man, I, it looked so good though. It didn't look. Uh... It totally did. It's it sells very well, which is part of the reason why the the close up one bothers me even more because it doesn't. It's supposed to be closer, and then it has like awkwardly less detail somehow, and it's like the wrong perspective for that angle, which is even worse. No, I mean like the the quality of of the actual matte painting is has less detail in the close up, which would make sense if you're trying to do a long lens and you're throwing it out of focus, but they didn't. They were closer to it. Yeah, I think they, I think that's what ruins the mat shots is that the like when they're well, well hold up, 10, that's not a mat. That's a that's feet. just a backdrop. It is a matte painting I, for I'm the using backdrop. The wrong term. I'm no, sorry. It, no, yeah, it's just it, a painted it, backdrop. It's not a mat yeah. at all. <laughs> when the curtain is too close Technical to words. the actors, <laughs> when the curtain's too close to the actors, it's really noticeable. <laughs> yes, use your definitions right. Words correct. <laughs> uh. 
It's a mat shot. <laughs> it's not a mat shot. <laughs> In my head, it's a mat shot. The way I would do it now. <laughs> it's probably how they should have done it. All those fucking mat shots and goddamn. Uh, uh, fucking no, he's like, no, let's great. get it done. I'm not waiting. <laughs> 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 this movie has to be done because I'm on to the next one. <laughs> those ones in Vertigo looked better, man. That was earlier too. Which probably didn't. What was the budget on this? Did it have a less budget? What was the issue? Oh, I did not look up the budget for this. I'm looking. It had a $3 million budget. It made $7 million. Nope, wait. Yeah, $7, seven. million. That's not a million. That's $7,000.95. No, that, that's incorrect. It made $7 million worldwide. Okay, yeah, there, yeah. There's, there's some missing zeros there. <laughs> so it, it, it did okay. Uh, well, it was actually like one of his bombs at the time. I think it, it yeah. when it got re-released, they put it with the birds and it made some more money on a re-release with a double bill. Is the, is the B-side. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the newer movie. Yeah. The Tippy Hedren B-sides. Um, I thought it was good. I, I mean, it's it's long, but but I didn't really feel the length too badly. Oh, I kind of did. Did you? Did yeah. you think it was Dragon? Yeah, right. In, in, in that... It's not quite past halfway. It's it, but it's it's a little past halfway, but almost to the third act where where you're you're not quite sure where it's going. It hasn't really hit that Hitchcockian thing yet. Like you know it's coming. Yeah, you're like, what's the catch? Yeah, like oh, well, I could. There's some could, there's some mild rape going on. But what's the catch? Come on. Yeah. No, that was the point where I was like, all right, I could <laughs> I could stop it now and, and finish it tomorrow. But then I'm gonna sit with it for a day, thinking that it's this movie when I know. He's going to wrap it up in a totally different way, and it's not going to be that movie. Ah, I just got to push through. Ah, well, no, I mean. She opens a door and a thousand birds attack her. No, but he did. He did kind She's of like, do not that. No, like the whole beginning, the whole first half of the movie, because it was kind of long. Is all, like, you think it's going to be, like, some sort of, like, I don't know, fun thief movie, and instead she's, like, a rape victim prostitute like it's like a, I don't know it totally goes like a it's just I don't know she goes from being kind of in control with a little like slips every now yeah, and then no, to yeah she goes from being like, like this like badass thief kind controlled. of woman yeah. to you realize that oh like no like you're just like a, like this victim and that sucks and also your husband sees you as <laughs> like I have to wonder how much of that was was like alright this is a really interesting character we need to make her strong and independent and and intriguing but then when we want to actually have the male character you know, do something I have to say well, I we can't I'm have her continue to be strong kind of curious what you guys think like, but I definitely think that the female characters in the Hitchcock movies are way stronger and way more interesting than most of the modern female characters and so yes Hitchcock has his male characters like treat them like way worse. Um, but also the, the, they start out like so much stronger mm-hmm. and so much interesting. And so like when Sean Connery says something to Tippy, no, I'm just kind of like, sure. yeah, but it's Tippy. She can handle that. Whereas like, if you were to say that to any other like female in like the 1980s, 90s, aughts, whatever, like up to now, I would be like, wow, you're totally out of line. But that's because the women aren't really up to snuff, I don't think. Well, that was what's what was intriguing to me in the first half of the movie was that it was like there was a little bit of that sort of back and forth where like she's such a strong character that when he's kind of douchey and a little bit yeah. misogynist, she kind of 
almost has the ability to put him in his place because she's already been handling like the the guy that she stole from the the strut guy or whatever his name was um and then the like the dude that is attacking her basically at the at the the horse races like she's she's shown in several instances that she's able to handle herself and she's able to think on her feet and she has this improvisational ability to balance all of her previous you know quote unquote lives or whatever that later in the film when when she's just completely at the mercy of of Sean Connery it's it's that's where it kind of loses a little bit of believability like you spent so much time and energy showing that she's really intelligent and really smart and able to do all these things on her own she just killed the horse that she loved man we just talked about how important <laughs> that was to her you don't think that's a traumatic, traumatic. experience yeah well that's that's her entire thing is is her whole life has been traumatic and she's okay, been able I actually she don't is think strong, she's strong because and of the, she, of the, the trauma that she's everything gone forever um i think like it's it's her trauma is slowly leaking out into her life and that's kind of that's what's fair. happening and i think sean connery is attempting to kind of control that badly that's not how you control ptsd but um that's what he's attempting to do i think but it's like as soon as she gets caught and and as soon as he's like yeah you're mine now like i have control over this whole thing like She's she's just like, well, yeah. fuck, I guess this is it. What? No, she's just buying her time to like get the fuck out of there, man. Like that's what I'm always thinking. I'm like, what is she planning? The only time she ever shows any weakness to me before the horse incident is when she sees the color red or somebody says the word red. Outside of Something that, that triggers her. Yeah, she's always like even when he starts bringing up the what is it the uh, the word association, right? She's a boss in that. She belittles oh, him was, and cuts him really the fuck good. down. Yeah. <laughs> and then when he says the oh, word red, yeah. that's when she flips out and he has to go console her. There's a really interesting moment there too where she like after she embraces him and she says and she she looks away from him and turns toward the camera and she says help me. And I've always wondered like who the fuck is she talking to right there? Mm. Is she talking to Sean Connery? Is she yelling? Is it like yelling for her mom again? Like, is well, is it screaming to well, the heavens? Th- there, there was a there was a scene that was cut from the film. Did you guys know about this? Mm-mm. So, dialogue in the final scene reveals that Marnie's mother had given up her virginity at fifteen to Marnie's father in exchange for a sweater. No, that, right, that's in right. the film. Yeah, yeah. This says just before the film's release, the studio had had second thoughts about this part, and Alfred Hitchcock agreed. I don't think that was then what I saw. Prints had already been made. Huh. Yeah. Rather well, than wait, was it? I might. Yeah, maybe I missed the version it. I, I don't watched, remember that. The version I watched that was definitely in it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, yeah. So, so that's her. That's her calling out to her mom, saying like, "Help me, help me." She's basically she's being raped, and then and like screaming out to mom to help. And you know, oh yeah, that would have been coming. like a the part of the repressed memory of, of yeah, the last that time was, it that happened. Was her having that moment again? Yeah. Well, that wasn't during the race. Yeah, scene. That's I, when... I, yeah. No, but I'm saying like, but but like, she goes into those. She goes into those when she has those weird like episodes. Her calling out to mom is is, is her putting herself back in that position. Yeah, because every time she's like seeing the flash and she's like, "Mama, mama, mama,", mama or no, she hears no. the, the tapping. Yeah, he's Mama, there. well, it's cold. Yeah, all that. Yeah. <laughs> it's too cold to be this hot. <laughs> I didn't think the 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 hand tappings, the, the uh, like on the glass and stuff, those were creepy. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's good. Well, they had some good like like 
you start in, in like you're in one scene and then they turn the camera and then they turn back and she's in the bedroom and like those right. were some really really good yeah. moments it's like all right all right we're we're seeing a little bit of the hitchcockian like you're messing with space and time and and getting in people's heads and i'm like this is 1964 what this, yeah no okay. but it's like there was so much out of focus and like super odd Maybe they're doing some post reframing or something because it would be really noisy and kind of really soft. So maybe I was thinking that that Hitchcock was possibly doing like a blow up and reframe on some of this stuff because uh, it just wasn't really matching from cut to cut. I don't I don't know of him ever doing that. And then also like and there was a lot of really bad audio cuts, like especially in the scene where they're like trying to work out their plan. You know, where they're in that room and, and they're going back and forth. There's just a lot of, you can hear the, the background noise change between cuts. I didn't notice that either. Really? Yeah, I didn't, it kind I of didn't felt sloppy. It, it could be something to do with the rip I was watching on iTunes, but um, yeah, I was definitely noticing some stuff. I noticed some of the, the soft shots, but I mean, I don't know. Some of that close ups, actresses of the time, they would just purposely do that. Yeah, well, it seemed like I a know. lot of the close-up shots that that were on on Tippy Hendren were were definitely like they added an extra filter just to make sure. At that, the beginning, that they did, but as the film really, went, yeah. as the film went on, they quit doing that. Yeah, but that's there, true. They were, yeah. They were yeah. De- yeah. But, yeah. but there are a, yeah. there are a handful of shots where you cut to I Sean Connery and he's completely out of focus. Great. And I didn't notice that either, man. No, I would like to I'll see the screenshots. I believe you. I just have to wonder, like, how how much of that was? Yeah. Okay. Okay. We don't take your word, Jared. You know that's what I'm looking for, so I see all that shit. <laughs> yeah. No, I, f- I feel like some sometimes like I don't I don't know this that kind of stuff just because I'm emotionally in the moment and I'm just like yeah no I it can't works, let whatever. it go, Mike. Yeah, I feel you. I can't let it go. I mean, for me, I I don't start to notice that stuff until the story's not working, and the, and then I start looking for those technical things. Yeah, and, it's only it, it's only when I'm bored that I start. Like really picking up. Maybe I was really bored. Now, now on like a second or or seventh watch, I'll start to see some of those things. But especially the first time through, like if 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 the scene is working for me and I'm in it, like I I don't see that at all. I did like the framing of a lot of the close-ups. I know we're, you're talking about oh, being yeah. out of uh, out of focus and everything, but um, like when every any character, it was Marnie or Sean Connery when they're on the phone. They kept cutting back and shooting these these weird over the shoulder where we're seeing their back, like like we're actually like eavesdropping on the conversation. I thought those yeah. were so fucking badass. Yeah, there were some like there were definitely some like god angle shots. A lot of those where you're like just looking down at the characters just randomly. It was like in the middle of of a scene, and, and you'd be like, all right, now we're gonna have an over almost overhead shot just to make it feel like we're looking down at the characters. And he did that like six or seven times. And I was like, oh, that was, a, that was an interesting perspective all of a sudden. I mean, I particularly love the shot where she's waiting in the bathroom stall for everybody to leave in the lighting. <gasps> yeah. That was so beautiful. Yeah. You just beautiful. Yes. hear him. You're just on her face and just hearing everything. That was great. Yeah. Man, I loved I everything that in that one. fucking office, dude. Every goddamn shot in that office in the beginning yep. was so fucking money. God, it was so money. Oh, uh, the, every time the dude would come out and open the door and then just stand there like leaning over it, you just like four times. You're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Man, it was so good. 
I mean, Hitchcock even even framed that like the when she's like fucking robbing the place and, and the the lady yeah. comes out at the same time. He fucking frames a split screen, dude, with the fucking sex. Oh, man. Yeah, man, great! It's so great. Uh, yeah, and at the beginning of that, I was like, why did she go back to open the door? And then he comes to that shot, and I was like, oh, that's why, that's why she made sure the door is open. Got it. So awesome, man! Yeah, all of that was. Good. It's gorgeous. I love. And some of like the crane shots when she's just fucking eyeing the guy that. Uh, the boss that can't remember the fucking combination. Oh, yeah. it's so good. And the way she's like tilting her head and looking up. Oh, it's. Yeah, and then they cut to behind her and it looks like she's just looking down. So anyone that's looking at her, she's like, oh, she, I'm just typing. Yeah. Man, those, those, yeah. That was well thought through for sure. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's probably my favorite moment. Those, those are my favorite moments in the movie, uh, cinematography wise. Is it? God, that, all that stuff in the office looks so good. In the bathroom there. Fuck. Yeah, not a, there's not a bad shot there, even if it is out of focus, Jared. Yeah, you know, I'm actually digging. I've found what? more shots of her out of focus than him so far. I mean, honestly, I haven't seen any proof of this, so we don't know. <laughs> Kristen does not believe you. Has <laughs> uh, anybody got anything else? I mean, all my notes have to do with the casual misogyny, so we've already talked about that pretty well. The rest of my notes are out of focus shots, so we really kind of covered that, too. <laughs> I guess we didn't talk. Oh, yeah, we talked about the suicide scene, didn't we? We did. Wait, what suicide scene? The what? attempted suicide scene. Where oh, after the rape, she threw herself into the pool. I wanted to oh. kill myself, not feed the fish. That was a good line. Yeah, that was a great. I line. I enjoyed that. I like that a lot. Not a lot of. Comedy, I needed you to nice. feel it, but not. I didn't just want to die. I wanted you to feel it. Like, yeah, fuck you. Well, it's really interesting. I, you know, actually, we haven't kind of talked on this on like why Sean Connery wants to save her so badly. Like why he's so interested in gaining her trust and gaining, I guess, into uh, gaining entree into her psychological depths. I don't know. I mean, they in that conversation in the car where she talks about being the wild animal that's been caught, and and he's like, "Yeah, no, I've caught." I I feel like that that kind of explains most of his motivation, where he feels like she's the most interesting thing he's ever hunted, which is absolutely the wrong approach to another human being. But it, it definitely explains his his motivation. It really reminds me of. I, I I don't know if you guys watch Lost, but yes. it really reminds uh-huh. me of. Why are you shaking your head? No, no. I, haven't, I haven't watched it. That's all. Uh, You've never watched you Lost. Watched it? That... Oh. I said that like like sarcastically, like I obviously. Three episodes. You've seen it. I could not stomach it. Oh my god! I've oh, seen it all twice. Shot crap leaves, garbage all around. Wow. It's, it's all right, the, stop it's, talking. It's a series that's enough. TV completely. It's enough from you. It like changed <laughs> the, the <laughs> scope of what TV could be. Uh, continue. Okay. Your point. Well, you might have seen this, Brian, because it's in the it's in the first couple of episodes. But there is the scene where Jack um, gets Kate to confess everything, and it's so uncomfortable uh, because he's but it, but he's just like you have to tell me everything, and she doesn't want to. She's like it's it's really none of your business, and I'm leaving the past behind, and blah blah blah, and he like forces her hand and i don't know a lot of people think that's love a lot of people want them to end up together but like i hated him from that moment on and yeah no but i got a lot of that that same kind of like 
thought, okay, I didn't hate Sean Connery, but like I, I did get that same kind of vibe where he's like, I'm going to force you to tell me everything <laughs> and then I can root for you. But if you don't tell me everything, I can't root for you. You know what I mean? Like, it's this very weird, like, I need to know all of your secrets before I can support you. Like, it's not what love is. It, it's a very skewed concept of love that they have. I don't know. I just think he wanted to know all the secrets so he could, like, make sure he kept her. He's like, let me let me know all the bad shit you've ever done. I'll go pay off all of these crimes with all my yeah. fucking rich money, and then I'll have you all to myself. <laughs> what are you going to do? Okay, look, here's the thing. Look, here's the thing. No, no, no. Because what are you going to do with her? Like, it's not like she's that interesting. She's only interesting when you put her in situations and then she steals from somebody. And then, like, that's very interesting. Um, and it creates, like, very interesting situations. But, like, on her own, what? She likes to ride horses? Like, what are you going to do with her? Like, come on. Leave her alone. His dad has horses. They have a connection. <laughs> what? It's not a connection. He's going to get <laughs> so bored because she's going to be like, bye, I'm going to go ride this horse. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he only finds her interesting because she's doing stuff. I don't know. I, I think it's the whole, like, it's the thrill of it, right? Like, he wants to break her like a wild animal. And I think he, he wants to tape, tame her and make her this societal Whoa. housewife. There's, even there's a, the moment when they're on the honeymoon where she even says to him, like, Oh, do you just want me? I just figured I'd be a, a you know, a, a sociolite wife or some line like that. And I mean, like, that's literally like that dinner party scene. Like, she's like, oh, well, I, you know, I didn't plan everything out. And he's like, well, you're doing good enough. You'll do it better next yeah. time. It's just all these like implications that he's just like, I, I have my bird caged. And now now you're going to do what the 60s woman should do. Damn it. That's how it seemed. Well, I think that was part of the reason of of the the sister in law that's still in the house was was to frame like, look, you have this option, but that one's easy. You don't have to work for it. You're not hunting anything. Yeah. You don't have you know. And so it was this dichotomy of like he 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 literally already has what he wants to make her into, but he needs the challenge. He he. Do you think so? Because I mean, I feel like the sister in law in the house, like. God, she's annoying. Like, I would hate to, like, have to deal with her every single day. Like, at least Tippy like, disassociates and you, like, don't have to, like, she's gone. Like, you're, you, you're done. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I feel like it's a I lot know, of work. Sister-in-law is like, I will lie to the cops. Um, I'll help you blackmail people. Whatever you need. Yeah. Like, Mark, whatever you need. I'll, I'm here for you. And she, she I mean, she proved her, her ability to manipulate by inviting the strut guy, like like realizing, oh, this is the thing oh, that yeah. will get this chick out of my way. Mm-hmm. Eavesdropping on the phone call. Oh, man, she yeah. was uh, jealous. So jealous. So fine. So cute. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. She ain't no Sean Connery. <laughs> we have ratings here, guys. Anybody got anything else? I'm feeling the ratings. All right, ratings. Who's going first? All right, I'll go first. There we go. Uh, I'm going to give this an 8.5. Uh, I feel like it's a really solid Hitchcock film. Um, there was there was intrigue and, and interesting characters and, and complexity and um, some really, really well-used blocking and camera work. Um, all the stuff in the offices was so good. All, all the, the moments of Tippi Hendren uh, thieving all worked really, really well for me. Um, I really, really like the character interactions. Um, 
I'm I'm docking in a few points because of the the rapiness. <laughs> it just you know, 2020 eyes. I can't I I can't you know stand for some of that. But I feel like they definitely approached those situations um, interestingly, and and there were consequences for action. So I, I have to appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's a really really solid film, and uh, it's the the acting in this is so good. Like I I, I kind of want to just watch it again just just to see some more of the subtleties that I, I maybe have glossed over the first time because it was so in the emotions in the moment. Yeah, it was really good. Those rapey emotions. Mm, <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Get you some. Oh. I agree. <laughs> I agree with you, Griggs. I, I think that the acting in this is a, a little more accessible than the previous uh, Hitchcock films that we've seen. Yeah, I, uh, I they, agree. They, they tend to be a little um, possibly overwritten or stagey to me. Uh, but that's also a product of its time. I, but I do think that this movie is shot really well. Uh, the uh, out of focus shots aside, if you want to go to 38 minutes and 35 seconds, you'll see the shot of um, of, uh, <laughs> of Sean Connery that's out of focus. And the answer shot to that is also out of focus. They needed to fire the guy that day. Uh, but anyways, uh, the, the movie's great. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this one. I, I didn't, like I said earlier, I didn't really feel the length in this one. I, I thought it was interesting. It, But also seeing it through the prism of today, you, you, you feel all the, you know, rapiness but you know uh <laughs> but but like it's interesting it's interesting to see it's interesting to see you know especially watching that trailer the yeah. trailer like like really kind of c- cemented the the thoughts that i was thinking about like you know is this a product of its time you know because uh somebody i was talking to earlier today was was um comparing hitchcock to tarantino like he's the tarantino of the day he's no he's he's, not what the fuck what a dumbass (laughs) really yeah no that's uh, no that no that is completely incorrect but go ahead maybe he's the i can't go ahead maybe he's the sergey leone of uh his day uh tarantino is that would make more fucking sense but hitchcock no way shape or form tarantino doesn't shoot anything like like him doesn't write anything like him doesn't even tell stories even remotely similar similar to him doesn't even use similar techniques i don't think i don't even think it's okay you're wrong but please continue i don't i don't yeah obviously but i don't i don't think that i don't think he's talking about the the film style i think he's talking about bringing like you know the the shocking kind of director of the time yeah because he did psycho and whatever else he did, you know, all the other things like he, he he's the one that's pushing the edges of, of things. He's he's you know, he's I, I remember Psycho wrong? being like really shocking. And we talk about that. But, uh, you know, I mean, like who the fuck saw Vertigo when that came out? Like no, that didn't shock anybody because nobody saw it. But you don't think that this scandal right here is a little edgy for the time is edgy for the time. You think it's edgy for the fucking time? Like, did you see the rape scene? Like, he took her clothes off. He, he, he took her clothes off. We didn't see anything. This is 1964. There's no nudity here. You think this is edgy for the time? No. No, I do not. Obviously, you're wound up because of the election, and you're yelling at me, Brian. No, but, I know. Uh... I just don't think. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I think this is as, as probably as edgy as you could get. Like 1964, we're talking like we're on the edge of like uh, independent cinema movement starting, man. You know, like foreign cinema is coming into America and American audience is seeing it like this is, you know, like, I mean, yeah, I guess it is for like the Bible Belt in 1964. They probably saw Marnie and was like, oh, my gosh, that is crazy. (laughs) You know, but no, I mean, this wasn't The Exorcist. This wasn't, uh, you know, Chainsaw. This wasn't Psycho. You know, this wasn't the. uh, Well, he clearly in the trailer, he said this isn't Psycho. Exactly. That's true. 
But no, I don't think he's even. I don't. No, I don't think he's. He's a shock jock of uh, like directors. I, I don't. I don't think of. I don't think of Hitchcock that way. All right. So that other dude's comments, notwithstanding. Anyway, continue your story. How else did you, feel regardless about of it, this Jared? stupid? Oh, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you give me a rating? I don't Jared? even want to know. I don't even know if I said it or not. But I'm moving on. Go ahead. No, what? You can't do that. <laughs> oh, come on, come on. I think in my head I was thinking a seven. I don't know if I said it or not, but there you, you go. You did not say it. Okay. So we appreciate your specificity. Mm. Well, what did this stupid person say? Anyway, go go continue with your story. I don't remember now. I don't know. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> he, he is dissociated from that moment. Just uh, tune in to uh, 38 minutes and 35 seconds, and you'll get to see what I'm talking about. <sighs> Which scene was that? That's the when they're at the, um, at the and races they're, and they're having their conversation seated. Oh, uh, yeah. Wait, are they out of focus? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, because the background is always blurry because of that fucking yellow vapor fucking matte shit that they were doing. Dad, the background in. Because they didn't actually shoot it at the horse race. Interesting. What? The, the yellow screen that? <laughs> yeah. That was, yeah, they were still using that yellow screen technique. Yeah, that, that, that definitely felt like. It actually it doesn't look too stage. bad for that then. It doesn't. It doesn't. But but they're still out of focus. But like the maybe that maybe that they're out of focus because they're having to do some layering. Okay, I, uh, I give it a pass. Okay, give, yeah, that's true. All right. Yeah, if, yeah, if they are right. compositing, yeah, that is a generation okay. loss. Okay, yeah. I give it an eight. That would make sense. <laughs> oh, it goes up a whole point. Yellow screen of generation loss. Real out of focus. yellow screen technology. You talk me out of it. I received that. Chris, you go next. You close it us out. No, I, I'll go next. Um, I think it's a great Hitchcock film. I think I loved all of the psychological aspects of it for all of the characters. And uh, even when it starts off and you think that it's just, you know, a, a general like kind of thief who done it kind of movie and will she get caught kind of thing. But leading into the whole PTSD um I mean, I have to kind of forgive them because they didn't know how to treat PSD and PTSD in the 60s. So uh, maybe the best you could get was like a, a guy who would like consider you prey, who would like, I don't know, drag it out of you. I don't know. Like maybe that's the best I could get. I'm not really sure. Um, but I, I do kind of want to give them a pass because I don't, there was still a lot that they didn't know. But I think it was really interesting and kind of bold of them to try to to go for it um yeah i loved all of it and what didn't i like i didn't yeah i don't know it kind of dragged and john connery didn't have his scottish accent i don't care what you guys say <laughs> i was very disappointed by that um <laughs> and yeah the ending is weird and it's yeah it's a little rapey um i don't know i'm gonna give it like a 7.5 i think yeah. Come on, it's got to be the best rape film ever. I mean, <laughs> God damn well, it! Well, what are we considering the best rape films? Hold mm. on, like, what's I the? No, no, no. What's the, what's the one with Viggo Mortensen and the chick on the stairs? No, I didn't oh, like that geez. rape. Scene. A history of violence. Like history of violence. Yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah, that one was no, hard, no. bro. Also, uncomfortable. Don't have wait, sex that, on the stairs. That, but no, yeah. I don't think she that got was into a rape it. Scene. No, no, she got into it halfway <laughs> no, wait, through it. 
Uh, I don't think you can get into sex on the stairs. That's not That's a whole different problem. I don't think that was... That's right, bro. I don't think that, that was supposed to be a rape scene. I think that was supposed to be them being violent with each other because it's called A History of Violence and both of the characters are violent. And I don't know. Show it. I, have to go I saw back that in the theater and I was like, watch wow, it again. Yeah. pretty yeah. rapey. No, I, thought, <laughs> I, I kind of... I get, I get what you're saying. Like They were violent towards each other, but it was definitely a very rapey kind didn't of it, scene. And also... Don't have sex on the stairs. It's Didn't it start with them <laughs> fighting each other and then it turned into them fucking? Yeah. 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 Something awkward like that. I haven't watched it since it came out. I don't out. know if I'd... Yeah, it's been a I while. I don't know if I consider that rape or not. You know? No, I... I feel love like they I were married. They were married. There's a lover's quarrel that ended in fucking. All right. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a good resolution right, to an on. argument. <laughs> I don't... I don't... I, you know, I'm not going to judge that. All those people in that movie were fucked Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I mean, even the sun was fucked up. I mean, the, the everyone was fucked up. This is not an excuse. <laughs> everyone was violent. Also, not an excuse. Don't have sex on the stairs. David Cronenberg was there. It's not an excuse. Look, no, look, none of these things were an excuse. Like, was it rape? We. I can, gotta go back and watch it again. I, I, look, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it, but. Uh, oh, that's such a good movie. It's questionable. It's questionable. Oh, that's a ten for sure. Uh, I'm gonna give more. I guess I'm gonna give Marnie an eight point five, maybe a nine. Uh, I guess I give it a nine. The only thing I don't, I don't really care much for is uh, I don't like the match shots. Uh, well, you know, I I don't like the match shots and I don't like the backdrops. They just they both look kind of bad in this movie. It looks worse than the birds, and I gave the birds a hard time. But you know, some of them do look kind of good. I don't know. You know what? I just don't like Tippy Hitcher, though. You know, like I don't care much for Oof. her in that this movie. Oh come oh, on, she's come so much on. better. She Look, I think kills she is, it. She's great in this, especially compared to the birds. And I love the birds, <sighs> but she's so much better. You in know, this. I, I mean, some of it is like Hitchcock's direction. I mean, I understand, like she's not. I, I think it's mostly Hitchcock's direction. Don't be rude, no. <sighs> it's just, I don't know. Sometimes, especially when she's doing like the little the little girl voice. And she's remembering things. I just, it, I kind of want to laugh. And I know I'm not supposed to be feeling that. I'm supposed to be like, oh, wow, this is traumatic. Oh, okay. This this is those deep are, here. Those are definitely Hitchcock direction moments. Uh, I have, yeah. But, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not just, I'm just not big on her. She's not my favorite actress. That being said, I really like everything else. I mean, I, I get with you, I understand what you guys are saying with this movie feels slow. Um Watching it the first time though, I I never got that. Uh, but on rewatches, yeah, I can see it. Like especially like when you get to the dinner party scene, it's kind of like, all right, where the fuck is this going? Is she gonna get caught? Are we gonna fix her? Like, what the fuck is happening? Is everyone gonna die? Yeah. Something take place? <sighs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm gonna settle. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with an eight, solid eight. And with that, you've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. You guys want to get in touch with us? You can do so by sending us an email to themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's the Movie Crew Crew, spelled C-R-E-W-E. That's right, extra E at the end of the word, crew at gmail.com. You guys can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Movie Crew Pod. Jared, where can the audience follow you? You can find me on Instagram at CheckTheGate, on Twitter at Jared B. Callen, or on Apple Podcasts with my other podcast, Tour Stories. And Kristen, where can they follow you? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Kristen Magdalene. That's Kristen with a K and an I. And Grigsy, where can they find you? I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Grigsy Media, G-R-I-G-G-S-Y Media. 
And you guys can follow me on Twitter at Elkins Edits. And we're going to be closing out the show tonight with track one from the Marnie Score, titled Main Titles, from the amazing Bernard Herman. You're the man now, dog. <laughs> Enjoy. There's going to be more Sean Connery references as we go. <laughs> How are we going to label this uh, this month? Starring Sean Connery. I don't know. Is it uh, like a Sean Connery tribute? I don't know, Can man. we call this month The Penis Mightier? The penis is mightier than the sword. What? <laughs> the, what? the pen is mightier the pen, than the pen. No, no, no come no, on. No. Kristen got it. No, no. <laughs> what are you going to ask for, for the rapist next? <laughs> that's therapist. That's, what this, that's, that's this movie, bro. <laughs> that is 100% this movie. <laughs>